Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures. And help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. Coming to you from Millican, Colorado. Millican, Colorado. I think last week we said we'll come to you from Wyoming, but we only spent three days in Wyoming and then we came to Colorado. So we'll tell you some stuff about our Wyoming visit, but we are actually already in Colorado. Yeah. Now. Yeah. We liked Wyoming though. We rode our electric e-bikes all over the place and was pretty doggone good. For sure. So we, of course, are on the road, which means we are going to boondockers and harvest hosts, but also campgrounds. Yeah. And we happened to be at a campground the other day sitting there. We, we met up with some great friends that we have known for a very long time. Hi, Cheryl and Terry. <laughs> <laughs> and Harmony. We were watching somebody back into a site remember a few weeks ago we did a, an episode that was really popular about hitching and unhitching a travel trailer and it was as if the person doing that uh, hitching and unhitching their travel trailer was essentially doing all the opposite things from what we said and i was quite concerned but he didn't want any help so you know he's been doing it for years you know we hope that we provide value and can help people avoid potential disasters or actual disasters. So uh, if you find value in these podcasts, we hope that you think that they're shareworthy. Share them with your friends or whatnot. It could have actually turned out badly for the gent. It did not. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah, but he already had some battle scars on his trailer. Well, we had a little bit of a hitching unhitching not really unhitching but we had a little problem with our new levelers yeah we have those camco little wedge levelers the bottom rubber foot kind of thing that's supposed to keep them stable on the ground have both torn loose yeah and in like our, in the first couple of uses yeah so. in our mini light group there were a number of other people who showed pictures of exactly the same thing so i'm writing a review this week and it's, it, yeah. <laughs> Can't be that good. But we did get a tip when I mentioned that it had happened and our friend Jonathan suggested that we tap them in under the tires before Tony tried to back up onto them. And so I will try that. I don't think that I ever had to do that with the Anderson. And I think that the difference is the Anderson wedges are much longer and so it's a more gradual ramp the tires tend to get on top before they start pushing the wedge i I don't know if that makes sense but the camcos are shorter which is good because they can get between the two tires which is a problem for some kinds of rvs with two axles and i know that the mini lights have a shorter distance between the two or whatever so the camcos are a little steeper and i think that's why they're a little bit harder to get up onto So I'm going to take Jonathan's advice and start tapping them in before I get Tony to roll up onto them. But but it's still kind of a bummer. Yeah, I basically took Gorilla Super Glue and glued the rubber 
back on, which is supposed to be there for traction. Well, I don't think it's stuck. Oh, it's and it's like a whole bunch of screws. And so it basically rips right off the bottom of the wedge. And I I think it's a bit of a terrible design. Right. Now, when we talked about it also in our group, so a couple people said that that it happened to them and Camco had replaced them. So we will be trying to do that, but also just kind of bummed that we have to. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. We we try to review all kinds of products and try out all kinds of products, and some are better than others. And usually yeah. Camco knocks it out of the park, and this time it was a, a strikeout. Foul ball. <laughs> How would you like to help support this Stressless Camping Podcast and website for free? Oh, why wouldn't anybody want to do that? Well, you can. Our discounts and deals page on our website has all kinds of great deals and discounts that we enjoy ourselves, but we also have a link to our Amazon store. And if you buy stuff on Amazon, which of course we all do, if you click on that link first, we get a teeny tiny cut of what you buy. Now that doesn't raise the price of what you pay at all. But it does, basically Amazon just wants to see if we're referring people. And so they give us a teeny tiny cut if you click that link. And so it helps support us and it doesn't cost you any more. And you still get to buy stuff on Amazon. So it's kind of cool. Win-win. Yeah, winner-winner. Chicken dinner. And you could even probably buy chicken dinner on Amazon. <laughs> probably. And using, you know, clicking on our link first will mean we get it. I guess like we get a pea if you're having shepherd's pie or something like that. There you go. So we get a peas of the pie. We are here with Jeremy King, who is the product specialist from Thetford and knows all about holding tank treatments. In fact, we just bought a brand new package we did. <laughs> of Thetford holding tank treatments. Now we're going to find out exactly why we did that. Well, we know why we did it. We were out of holding tank treatment. <laughs> yeah, and we wanted something that worked, and that's what the RV dealer said. Hey, tr- check this out. This is good stuff. It is. I think it's important to probably start with the various types of treatments that there are in the world out there. Mm-hmm and generally why some work better than others and some that are more environmentally friendly than others. I'm relatively new to the RV industry and all that. I've been here just over 10 months. And so I've been, you know, drinking from a fire hose, trying to think about something that most people don't think about. You know, your RV, your black tank, you don't want to think about it. I mean, that's the whole goal here. But if you take a step back and you think about the different ways users use their toilets and their holding tanks, the different amounts of time, the different sizes, it's a fascinating mix of challenges from, from a chemistry standpoint. You know, there's a whole range of sizes and shapes and of, of every, all the ingredients. Sure. So what are you trying to do when you add a holding tank treatment? I mean, the first thing most people think of is, get rid of the smell. And that is a very important benefit of most of the holding tank treatments. But also the secondary benefit of using a holding treatment is going to be digesting the waste, breaking down the tissues, which makes it easier to dump the holding tank so that that process is cleaner for you and easier for you to use. And then it also makes sure, you know, you don't get stuck level gauge sensors. 
which is a mm -hmm. very common problem. So by, by treating your holding tank right, it's going to treat you right throughout the use of your RV. And that is a huge, huge topic of discussion on every forum <laughs> out there is <laughs> why don't my sensors work? Why is the yep. stuff not coming out when the sensor says it's full and everyone says, oh, the sensor's not working. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> it's almost a joke in the RV industry that the sensors work the first time and that's the end yeah. of it. Yep, exactly. But another thing is you want to be cognizant of what you're putting down tank because mm -hmm. a lot of rv parks in rural areas which is where we want to be have whole uh septic systems and you want to be kind to those as well right so i think that again you know something that people people that don't spend 10 months thinking about this constantly <laughs> don't think about is your black tank is not your septic tank your black tank is not doing the final job yep but when you dump your black tank, if you're in the city, it goes in the sewer system, fine. If you're in out in the rural areas where your campground might have a septic system, then it's important to not poison that system. It's important not to upset the balance of a good septic system. And that's where the types of stuff that you put into your tank that ends up in the septic system, that's where that comes in really important. Not entirely in your black tank but at further down the road exactly and and you know that's the critical thing it's one of the main reasons we've migrated our formulation to an enzyme-based product and a bacterial-based product away from the formaldehyde that we traditionally would use that product worked great it did a fantastic job at odor control and when used correctly it wasn't terrible for the septic systems, but it, once you got too much in there, problems could arise. So right. we made the conscious decision along with, you know, legislation changes in California, Wisconsin, New England, that it was time to migrate to different technologies to accomplish this. And, you know, when you're looking at your odor control, which is your first one, a lot of people's first priorities. It sounds like yours, you, you're more on the, the waste digestion side, which is great. Peggy has a master's degree in groundwater geology. so <laughs> Yeah, so I care about those systems afterward, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then, then you start looking at, you know, the different ways of achieving those goals of controlling odor, liquefying the solids, and you come up with a couple of different, you know, technologies you can use. You can look to control it. So you control the environment in your, your holding tank. And that's really where enzymes and bacteria come in. You're, you're consciously deciding what bacteria is going to grow in the tank, what, what each one is going to do. And you can tune those specifically designed to target tissue. We have other enzymes in there that are specifically decide, designed to target the, the human waste. And then others that are designed to do the odor control. So you can really target the different things that are going to be in that holding tank and control the environment that you're working in. But on the other end of it, some of the technologies out there, some of the other ways to tackle this is to control the environment that is in your holding tank. So your holding tank is a stagnant body of water in a dark place <laughs> without a lot of airflow. Right. You know, one of the biggest challenges for odor control is in a low oxygen environment, 
the natural bacteria are going to put out the malodors, the bad smells, the more sulfur-based odors. So if you can control that environment and introduce some more oxygen into that tank and, you know, not to get too scientific, but get into a aerobic type consumption, you're going to get less foul smells. So it's a great way to take care of the odors by introducing additional oxygen. So that's another technology that's out there that people use. You can neutralize the bacteria. You know, if there's no bacteria in your holding tank, you know, using chemicals, then they can't produce bad smells, but then you're not going to get that waste digestion. You risk hurting the septic system that you're going into. And then the, the, the last one is you can just mask the odor altogether with a very high perfume, very strong fragrance that's going to go in there. Now, for the RV industry, where you're typically using a 40-ish gallon holding tank, you've got a toilet with seals that are designed to keep the gases in that holding tank, you know, Masking the odor is not really a great way to go. Neutralizing obviously has negative impacts on the dump station. So then you're looking at controlling the bacteria or controlling the environment, which is mm-hmm. the main way most of us look at it. Right. So I could I could keep talking forever. It's <laughs> oh, actually fascinating. It is. To me. Yeah. It's actually more. I mean, I I guess I knew the end results, but I didn't really think about the science of how. The bacteria work. Yeah, so you've got you basically have a living culture or a living environment in that holding tank. And it's how right. do you manipulate the environment to get the effects you want? You know, the other challenge that comes into this and you know, from a formulation and chemistry standpoint, is you've got campers that are full timing. So they're constantly re- replacing and dumping and or you have the weekenders. So you've got to get these reactions to happen very quickly mm-hmm. or else it's not going to be beneficial to the user. So getting that right mix of fast acting and long lasting is another challenge. And again, enzymes versus oxygenation both have their advantages depending on what your environment is. For those people who do experience odors, is mm-hmm. there something they can do about that? It depends on the source of the odors to begin with. If Mm -hmm. it's a constant odor, I mean, there you really want to take the time and look at your whole system and understand where the gas is leaking from. Because if your toilet seals are working properly, you shouldn't get that constant ingress of odor into into your environment. Right. So you might want to look at a seal lubricant as a first step to, to lubricate those seals, refresh the seals on your toilet. So then, you know, the the more common would be then every time you flush, you get a bit of a backflow of odors. And that's really where you're going to get into your holding tank treatment to help control that odor for that brief moment while there you've got that direct connection from your black tank into the into the environment. Right. I know some of the newer ventilation systems that RVs are using help too, but that doesn't help if you have an older RV. Right. Yeah. So making sure all your seals are well-maintained is critical. The other thing to keep in mind is one of the best things you can do to keep your black tank healthy and happy is make sure you're using enough water. I know a lot of us are trying to conserve the amount of water we use because, you know, we're boondocking and all that kind of stuff and we don't want to use a lot of water. But at the end of the day, 
you need water in order to disperse your tank treatment. You need water in order to dilute some of the natural materials that are going into the tank. So using a sufficient amount of water is important. I did these numbers over the weekend just thinking through it. We think about a 40-gallon tank, and you figure you put water in it, and you're going to start filling your tank. But in reality, you've got, you know, three, four feet of pipe from the bottom of the tank to the outlet uh-huh. and your gate valve. And you have to fill that whole pipe before you even start getting to where the waste is going to be collected. Oh, true. Yeah. Interesting. Quick numbers about... 2.7 feet of pipe will hold a gallon of water of a three inch okay. black tank pipe. So depending on where your black tank is relative to your dump location, you're going to need two or three gallons of water just to get water into the tank and allow all of these, these great products to do what they're supposed to do. Right. That's something I had never thought of before. That's an interesting <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this has been an amazing job because, you know, somebody in the world needs to think through all this. And then it's how, you know, talking (laughs) to people like you is a great way for me to help campers understand the complexities of this system. Yes. For the most part, we think, you know, coming in, it's a simple system. Basically, it's a bucket over a hole and (laughs) in the waste goes and every now and then you open a valve and it comes out. Yeah. Unless you're using it right that's when you start getting the problems. Right. So what we bought was the AquaBio holding mm-hmm. tank treatment, and that is a new thing I hadn't seen before from Thetford. AquaBio has been out for a couple of years now. That is actually an oxygenator. So that's one of the ones that's designed to add oxygen to your holding tank and convert the bacteria that's already there into producing less harmful odors and help goose the amount of free food for them so that they spread and multiply and you get a healthy growth. So AquaBio is a great product that citrus twist scent. I really love it. It's got a really nice grapefruit sm- smell to it. Yeah. Yes, it does. I just brought the package in and <laughs> just opened, opened it the up. lid. I mean, we've been <laughs> using it, but you know, like when you do, you do it quickly, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's it has been working very well. I mean, I don't want to get into too many details, but <laughs> no. it appears that dumping our tank has been... Not as unpleasant as in the past. Okay, that's a good way to put it. But this is also, as you said, there's new legislation about what you can put in the tank. And that, while that's not true everywhere, the industry has responded with these much more, well, na- are they really natural products or, you know, less harmful products or products without formaldehyde. Yeah, and that's been a critical change, moving away from the formaldehyde base and the, and the Bronopol brace products. You know, one of the challenges, though, is those products worked very quickly and they worked very well across a wide variety of environments because they were, you know, neutralizing the bacteria that was in there so that you couldn't produce malodors. So with the new stuff, we're working to control the environment, control the bacteria colony that's in the tank to produce good smells or digest your waste. So you've got to be a little more conscious that these products are going to take a little bit longer. They're not going to be that instant neutralization. So one of the things we, other things we recommend, especially with like our Aquamax product, which is the enzyme product, is adding those couple of gallons of water to your tank and dosing the tank 
before you leave on the trip so that that has a chance to spread and activate not probably the best place to go with an allergy but if you're <laughs> if you're used to making bread where you're, you're required to bloom the yeast before you mix it in it's uh-huh. the same idea you want to give the enzymes and the bacteria a chance to establish themselves before you add the waste in there so that they can tackle it quickly and you're not waiting for that initial bloom to happen prior to using the tank okay so let's say you're taking your rv somewhere and it's been sitting so you put two three four gallons of water in the tank drop one of the packets in and then it's by the time you get where you're going the bacteria are like feed me and they're ready to go (laughs) exactly exactly so part of getting ready for a trip a couple days early or if you're a weekender maybe at the end of your weekend when you dump your tank start that process for next time no you would want to do it within 12 to 24 hours of leaving for your trip. Okay. So that you're not sitting there with a full tank of water or anything in there. Starving your bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It just needs eight to 10, you know, a a few hours to get ready for the first juice. For a lot of RVers, they have the propane fridge, which Mm -hmm. takes eight to 10 hours to cool. Right. So you could go into the RV, turn on the fridge and put in some water in your black tank or, you know, through the toilet and uh, drop in one of the packets. And, and in the morning, now you're ready, you're ready to go, to go camp. <laughs> yep, exactly. And then the only other thing to keep in mind is if you're switching product, it is important to keep an eye, eye on what you're switching from and what you're switching to. If you're switching from some of the older chemical-based product to the newer enzyme-based or even the oxygenating products, it is a good idea to run a tank cleaner through your tank and really make sure you flush out all of those old chemicals. Because that's one of the problems we we know some users had that were switching from our Aquachem to our Aquamax product was they would dose it the same way they always had and put the enzymes in right after the chemicals and it ended up not working because they were they killed off the the enzymes and bacteria we were adding. Right. You know, if you're going to switch brands, try to clean your holding tank between products just to make sure there's no strange interactions between the different types of chemistries. Okay. Do you also make a product for the gray tank? We do. We have our gray odor control product, which is a liquid that you just add a little bit to your gray tank to help it control odor. That was one of the first products I worked on when I started here. And it was fascinating. We did some field trials with it. The number of reviews we got back of people that didn't realize there were gray odor specific treatments and that a lot of the odors they were smelling in their RV were coming from their gray tank. Right. You know, you think about it in the gray tank, you're not as much worried about solids. I mean, you'll get some food and other solids into that tank, but you're getting a lot of body oil, body hair, you know, those type of things in there as well as some food waste. And if they're just sitting there with nothing to help control the odor or help break it down, you're going to get those bad odors coming back up through your sink. Gray odor control is a great product to use to help control that and help maintain a healthy gray tank. Now, just going way off the deep end, (laughs) is it a bad idea? don't go swimming in your tank. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a bad idea to put the black tank product in the gray tank? No, a black tank treatment will work in your gray tank. The gray tank treatments are going to be more tuned 
towards yeah. the body oils and that kind of thing versus a black tank treatment, which is going to be more designed to digest tissue and fibrous material. Okay. Interesting. If we want to keep talking about tanks, we do also offer a sanitizer for your freshwater tank as well, oh. which is a nice annual treatment. Ours is a two-step process, which allows us to use a FDA certified sanitizer, so a food-grade sanitizer to make sure we've killed off 99.9% of any bacteria that might be growing in your freshwater tank. Uh Typically, you're not going to be drinking that, but you can't avoid it. So it's really nice to know that once a year, twice a year, you've gone through and cleaned and sanitized those tanks as well, just to make sure you're staying healthy out there. A lot of people do that with bleach. And is this a more body-friendly and a more environmentally friendly product than bleach? Yes. So this is, again, a FDA certified food grade sanitizer. So it's something you would use in a restaurant industry or something like that uh to sanitize all of your equipment and make sure that it stays clean. So with bleach, you know, you run the risk of trace amounts of that still being in the water and, you know, it's terrible on seals. And that's the other thing to keep in mind is all of at least the Thetford and I'm assuming most of our competitors tank treatment products are designed to work with the seals that are in your your RV camper. There are a lot of rubber seals involved. Right. In your tank, if you start putting too much bleach and you start degrading your gate valves, you know, that could be a good source for a leak or a stuck valve. So keeping an eye on really what you're putting in there and how it interacts with all these other materials in there is, is an important feature. Absolutely. You know, that is not something I've ever thought of. But you hear a lot of complaints about leaky plumbing fixtures and especially, as you said, leaky gate valves mm-hmm. and a light bulb, I think, clicked in my head. So yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. And I've seen people say, oh, use bleach. And I'm like, oh, I'm very anti-bleach ever, anytime, well, we use, always. But... We use bleach in our old travel trailer we did to use clean it. the fresh tank. We did use it because I didn't realize there was an alternative, but I'm not a fan of bleach. And when people recommend to other people, oh, if your black tank smells, just pour some bleach in there. I'm like, oh, please, please, please <laughs> no. don't do that. And what is the name of the freshwater tank treatment product? Freshwater tank sanitizer. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, that's confusing. <laughs> millions on marketing for that. Yeah. (laughs) But no, it's a two-step process and it comes in a little box with two bottles in there. One is a cleaner, so more of a soap type product. And then the secondary step is the sanitizer. So you clean everything out and that out. And then you just sanitize everything to, to give it a nice rinse. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's really uh, great. We really learned stuff today. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to talk about basically you know, try to avoid formaldehyde in your black tank. And we got so much more. Thank you so much. (laughs) And as I said, we've been very happy with the holding tank treatment we bought. And now we're going to buy some fresh tank treatment and some gray tank treatment. And so something else that I thought of when you were talking is that you have, like you said, you've got something that works, that reacts quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. 12 hours and a couple gallons of water. In the past, we use a product that was bacteria based and they had told us don't use your tank flush because then you're flushing out all that good bacteria every time Mm -hmm. so it was a little awkward we're we're like well how are we going to know it's clean yeah but then on the other hand you're washing away all those good little buggies that could still be working for you yep it's kind of 
boils down to how long is it going to be before you're going to use it again. If you're putting the, the RV into storage, you definitely want to get it completely cleaned out. Uh-huh. You know, if you're getting ready to turn around in a short turnaround, then yeah, leaving the bacteria in there is, is an okay thing to do. Right. But again, that's the same idea as what I was saying, where you want to dose it before you leave. They're uh-huh. trying to keep the colony in there. And I'm talking about just giving it a, a if you're going from empty to, to something in there, you, you want to make sure the bacteria has the time to grow. Great. And I guess in the packets, they're sort of in a suspended animation, for lack of a better description. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the same as bread yeast. It's a different product, but it's the same <laughs> thing as bread yeast or something like that, where it's a dormant state once the outer housing is dissolved it then is able to begin begin to grow and and come back to life okay with the enzymes it is critical they don't like to be frozen they're a little better with cold and they don't like to get really hot so high temperatures southern u.s in the summer i would definitely recommend more of an aquabio oxygenating type product than an enzyme-based product. Oh, right. Okay. Again, the enzymes will break down faster. You won't get as healthy of a bloom with an enzyme in a really high temperature environment. And that's one of the reasons we offer multiple products. Is there's sure, different yeah. use cases for each one. And if you're getting down into the smaller cassette toilets or a porta potty, if you're in a B van and you're using a porta potty, those are a lot harder use case to manage odor than in a big 40 gallon RV. Yeah. Because you don't keep, you dump them on a, a more frequent basis, get, having time for chemistry to work in there is, is a challenge. By the time it's ready to work, it's already time to dump again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So again, that's where I would, I would recommend probably more of an Aquabio type product for those smaller holding tanks as well to stay away from the enzymes on those really small tanks. Yeah. Well, this has really been fascinating. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I, again, I'm not to talk about myself, but I come from industrial automation. So moving into this and learning all of this and spending the last couple of months thinking through this, it, it is. It's a fascinating part of your RV and it's a lot of fun. I think a lot of people don't really think about this until they experience a problem. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you know, I see the posts all over social media. Oh, my black tank stinks or my gray tank stinks. What do I do? And it mm. goes back to, as with everything in an RV, the more you know, the better your experience is going to be. Yeah. And it's something you need to stay in front of. It's not something you want to be reacting to an issue with. Right. You want to get those products in there early. You want to keep up with them. You know, as soon as you start getting bad odors, redose. You know, every three to four days, it's it's all right. You can overdose, but not not as much as you can underdose. <laughs> okay, all right. interesting. Well, that's good to know too. Yeah, yeah. We are thankful <laughs> <laughs> for your time. Man, he's been dying to do a pun. <laughs> You've had that one queued up for a while, haven't you? <laughs> well, I, there's so many, you know. <laughs> But seriously, thank you very much for your time and yes, for this you. great information. Yeah, thank you very much. Like I said, I'm, I get very excited about this stuff. So it's great to talk to anybody that's willing to listen and has been such great partners as you guys. So thank you. Thank you much and hope you have a great rest of your day. Yes. You too. 
traveling with your RV is the best way to get around. Yeah, but you want to do it safely, so using your phone's GPS can lead you down some potentially dangerous places. For sure. That's why we love RV Trip Wizard, part of the RV Life Suite, which lets you plan your journeys before you go, and then use the RV Life app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate your journey. Yeah, you can set parameters such as how far you like to travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops, and even read reviews of campgrounds. It also takes into account the size of your RV and more. Then you can rest assured that your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble. If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard. And we have a great deal for you. 25% off your annual subscription. Check it out on your discounts and deals page on StresslessCamping.com where you can listen to our interview with RV Life and learn about the whole RV Life suite and save your RV while you save on an RV Life subscription. Now, now that's Stressless, stressless camping. camping. You know, we've been going a lot of places. We've yeah. been talking about them. We kind of sort of somehow skipped over the fact that we went to a place called Indiana Dunes in Indiana, oddly enough. And <laughs> Imagine putting a place like that. Right? There. It was several states ago, but I really wanted to talk about it because it's a great place to visit. I think that we should back up just a little bit in our destinations and tell you about Indiana Dunes. Now, it's a national park, so we get to check off another item on our not-so-well-known national parks. A lot of people say that there's overcrowding everywhere, and a lot of times when they say everywhere, they mean Yosemite and Yellowstone <laughs> <laughs> and the really, really popular parks. We've talked about this before. There are tons and tons of national places, you know, parks and monuments and things like that, that are still very much worth the visit, and they're not crowded. No, and not expensive. Camping there was dry camping, so they had no services. They were back in sites. The campground that we stayed at had a lot of trees, but we you know, we have our Rockwood Mini Light with solar on the roof and, and all of that. And we found the one site that yeah. <laughs> had a clear view of the sky. So it actually worked out pretty great. Yeah, we were lucky enough to have a spot that was le a little less tree-ish, which was good. You know, trees are terrific for making shade. It's kind of a 50-50, like, do you want to be in the shade or do you want to get the solar? But luckily, it wasn't super hot. So... Shade wasn't nearly as important, and the sun, of course, is important for keeping our batteries yeah, topped off. Exactly. But I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, are trees such a great thing after all? Having <laughs> seen a tree fall on a camper on a social media site. Yeah, cleaning and, the needles off the slide before yeah, we have to put I'm it in. I'm becoming less and less of a fan of trees and <laughs> trees in their relationship with RVs. Right. Something funny from years and years ago when we had our bed and breakfast, there was one night, November 21st, 2013, where a windstorm came through and it blew so hard it knocked over five giant oak trees, yeah. including putting one on top of a caboose. Right. And that's how we learned that cabooses are pretty much tree resistant. Right. Yeah. But it didn't hurt that the caboose made a mess. any. Anyway, so Dunewood, you can <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Dunewood, you'll have a lot of trees. You can find some sun. It's a beautiful place and it's really close to Indiana Dunes, the dunes themselves. 
And so we took a little day trip over to the beach. And it's, you know, we're both from Southern California originally. And so the beach to us means you're on the ocean. But really, like Lake Michigan has a beach that looks like a beach. It's, you know, (laughs) for those of you who have been to the Great Lakes, you're like, duh. But it's just amazing to me how big the Great Lakes are. They're, you know, kind of great. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So from the from the beach where we were visiting, we could actually look across the lake, not the ocean, and just barely make out the skyline of Chicago across the lake. So that was pretty cool. And as we were driving to find a place to park to go check out these dunes and this beach, we saw like some really interesting houses. So we walked over and what we actually found was this century of progress houses Yeah, these were from one of the World Fairs. A bunch of interesting building concepts and design concepts that are right there, Lakeshore. And it seems they're privately owned. But They're all, yeah, private residences. In our campground page, we actually talk about Dunewood Campground and the Century of Progress houses. And so we'll put a link to that so you can see the different houses that are there. It's really, really interesting because, as Tony said, they're all architecturally completely different and they were really all interesting like concepts and some of those concepts probably have been brought forward from 1937. There's a bunch of interesting building concepts that they had used that are not currently being used and it's you know they're kind of advanced techniques. Anyway it's it's neat. I like these old world fair things because they kind of tried out some stuff and yeah you know predicted the future some of which came true and some was not true right (laughs) so kind of interesting to me that was our stay at indiana dunes and very wooded and green very lush having come from california yeah the amount of green and lush is not something we're nearly as used to. And now I can see why we have fires and they tend not to. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Last week we were talking to Lisa and we left out some of the typical things that we do, including an RV of the week. Obviously, if you've filled the tank on your vehicle lately, gas prices are... Ooh la la! <laughs> I mean, they are just pretty frightening. And so people have said, oh, I want a trailer where I won't get, or I want an RV where I won't get lousy gas mileage. And one of the th- factors in fuel mileage for RVs is wind resistance. It's a huge component of why when you hook up your travel trailer, your fuel economy goes right into the black tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I took a look at an RV this week that is about the same height as the back of your pick up truck if you're towing with one of those. It is the Rockwood 10 HW296 pop-up travel trailer. And you might think of pop-up trailers as these tiny little trailers. This thing, it's a two-axle with a slide, and it's got, of course, wow. the beds at either end. It's pretty huge for a pop-up. <laughs> it has heat and air conditioning. It's got a stove, refrigerator. It even has a shower and a toilet. 
The bed on one end of this is a king size, actual king size bed. On the other is an actual queen size bed. In the slide room is a U-shaped dinette. So it's it's amazing how big this thing gets. Is it an it's... actual U-shape? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an actual king, actual queen, actual U. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yes. It's pretty neat. Of course, the downside of pop-up tent trailers is that the walls are it's not canvas anymore but we might as well still call it canvas yeah in some campgrounds like we've been to mammoth and they specifically prohibit tent trailers because of the bears so if you're thinking of one of these do know kind of an idea of where you're going to go camping before you make the buying decision but i mean if you're buying one of these this thing i mean it's got torsion axle suspension there's a couch and again that dinette a lot going for it now the other downside being a tent trailer the walls for the bathroom are tent walls right <laughs> so if you have a bit of shyness or have had the taco special <laughs> the other campers who are with you will be aware unless you go to the bathhouse but they've really done a good job with this as i said it's surprising how large this thing gets when you pop it up and of course pop it up it's essentially the push of a button they've they've automated everything so oh, not like our old jayco pop-up no our <laughs> first camper was the first trailer we had together was a old jayco pop-up a single axle. It was it was the typical pop-up tent trailer. <laughs> right. And we bought it for next to nothing because a friend of ours and her husband were having a pretty unfortunate change of life in terms of divorce. And he said, just sell it for whatever you want. And whatever she, whatever she wanted wasn't a whole lot. And we bought it. <laughs> it was good enough for us. Yeah, we dragged that little trailer all over. Nothing worked in it. Well, right. It was... It was used, and probably they probably didn't even buy it new. So, no, it, you know, it was used and used again. But, you know, it kept us out of the rain. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we definitely got our money's worth out of it. We had a lot of fun and took it to a lot of car races and camping and yep. just all kinds of goofy stuff. Yeah, pop-ups definitely have their place in the world. Yeah, we certainly enjoyed ours. Every week we have a question, and last week that question was... If you full-time, or most time, did you change your domicile state? And only Paul and Cindy answered that they had changed to South Dakota last year. Pat has a couple of friends who have changed to South Dakota recently. And Brian, don't despair you know that we are still planning to come to <laughs> new mexico eventually <laughs> <laughs> mostly because south dakota you know we i don't see us living there full time because well it snows a lot <laughs> in the winter time yeah we really liked south dakota but we're also there i as i've said we have been uh, we have been in traveling such great during the, weather. Yeah, the chamber yeah. of commerce time of year it's been pretty terrific absolutely so we are South Dakota residents. Last week we talked about that. If you missed it, go check it out. We explain why and how we went through that process. This week, since we were telling you about the Camco levels, I was just kind of curious. I know a lot of people don't use those wedge-shaped things to level. So how do you stay 
on the level. <laughs> well, and you can answer that on our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. If you have other questions, don't be shy. That's a great place to join our little family and ask your questions. Yeah. We have advocated joining our once a week newsletter family as well, where there's stories, videos, podcasts, and just all kinds of information that we share. And as always, we tell you we only send it once a week. We also have something that's coming soon. We have a few giveaways. Yeah. That's just another reason that we want to bribe you. I mean, that we want to uh, ask <laughs> you to join you our, to join yeah, our newsletter. Join the newsletter and we're working out the details. So we'll have more of those later. Well, you'll find out about them in the newsletter. Right. Like Check us out. We'll be talking about it in the newsletter. Yeah. And how you can become eligible for some pretty nifty stuff that we're going to be giving away. Speaking of nifty stuff. Yep. We have also our discounts and deals page for the best deals on things that you'll need for your stressless camping adventure. And, you know, we are always getting new ideas from you guys, from our audience. So if you've got a great deal that you know about for our audience, please let us know. Of course, we're in all the social places, but you can find us at StresslessCamping.com. And from there, jump off to all the places we are. You'll also find the show notes for this week's episode, episode 157. That's right. As well. And as always, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast. It's free. It's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher we are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire and of course the review will help others know about the stressless camping podcast so we sincerely appreciate the reviews on apple podcasts or spotify wherever you choose to find us right well thank you once again for joining us this week it's always a pleasure to be here with you we're not well i we do know where we're going to be next week yeah, we're going to be right here. Yeah, we're staying in Colorado for a little while. We've got we'll two weddings up. and all That's kinds right. of stuff. Yep. And we're getting packages, which is kind of cool. Right. <laughs> we're using my sister's address for a mooch docking spot and a delivery <laughs> location. Yeah. We haven't ordered anything from Amazon since like May 10th. I'm having a little bit of withdrawal. Ooh la la. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for joining us once again and... Happy camping! We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stress-less camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! And what is the name of the freshwater tank treatment product freshwater tank sanitizer oh okay <laughs> well, that's confusing. millions on marketing for that yeah <laughs>